live. It's your show. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Lots to talk about here tonight. Uh, we're going to talk to you about a SWAT team raid that was done on some unsuspecting college kids. But first, pretty disturbing story coming out of the federal government, which, well, I guess you're going to hear more about this in the coming weeks or months. Nationalization of the United States banks. It looks like they're talking about it again. And, of course, we already know that, uh, or you already know if you've been paying attention, that the U.S. federal government actually already owns uh, a number one leading share of uh, the Bank of America and apparently Citigroup now, which I didn't even I, I didn't even hear about that news. <laughs> that one slipped by me. Did you hear that one, Mark? I can't say that I did. Yeah. Uh, so we we'd reported on how they took over over six percent of the Bank of America, but apparently they also managed to snag seven point eight percent of Citigroup while they were at it as well. Mm. So. Uh, but they're not going to stop there. In fact, according to the International Herald Tribune, nationalization is now getting a serious look. Only five days into the Obama presidency, members of the new administration and Democratic leaders in Congress are already dancing around one of the most politically delicate questions about the financial bailout. Is the president prepared to nationalize a huge swath of the nation's banking system? Privately, most members of the Obama economic team concede that the rapid deterioration of the country's biggest banks, notably Bank of America and Citigroup, is bound to require far larger investments of taxpayer money. I love it when they use terms like that. Well, it's it, yeah, it's fun to see them play with the language because that's not what it is. No, it's not an investment because an investment is done with the intention of getting a return on your investment and it's usually ideally done with your money. This is the federal government we're talking about. They don't have anything they didn't steal first. In addition to that, every time they spend money on something, it doesn't usually turn into much of a good investment for them. So, uh, Oh, and even if it was a good investment in that they got a return on their investment, then you and I wouldn't see any of it. No. So it's not really their investment. We might investment. see some of it, but we won't see an efficient use of it. So apparently, uh, according to this, uh, they're saying it's going to take more than $300 billion of the taxpayer money already poured into those two financial institutions and hundreds of others. But if hundreds of billions of dollars of new investment is needed to shore up those banks and perhaps their competitors, what do taxpayers get in return? And how do the risks escalate as government's role expands from a few bailouts to control over a vast portion of the financial sector of the world's largest economy? The Obama administration is making only glancing references to those questions. In an interview on uh, Sunday's This Week on ABC, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi alluded to internal debate when she was asked whether nationalization or partial nationalization of the largest banks was a good idea. Listen to her answer, Mark. Here's what she had to say. We're just on a, the, the horns of a dilemma here. Well, whatever you want to call I have no idea what she sounds like. Well, whatever you want to call it, if we're strengthening them then the American people should get some kind of upside of that strengthening. Some people call that nationalization. Strengthening. Yeah. Hmm? Those people that call it that are bad. 
I'm not talking about total ownership, she quickly cautioned, stopping herself by posing a question. Would we have ever thought that we'd see the day that we'd be using that terminology? Nationalization of the banks. Whatever you want to call it. Only she in says. our socialist wet dreams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so really, it sounds like the debate here, Mark, is whether or not they want to completely nationalize the banks or just partially nationalize right. the banks. Have the federal government own a portion of them. Look, if the federal government owns a portion of the company, it might as well own the whole thing because yes. it has the power that no other shareholder has. Exactly right. If they right. own 1%, if they own one share, they have more power than any other shareholder has. Man, the article points that out after pointing out that the government already does own these banks. Uh, 6% of Bank of America, 7.8% Citigroup being the number one shareholder in both of those banks. But it also says that their influence is far larger than those numbers might suggest because it's guaranteed to absorb the losses of some of the two banks' most toxic assets, a figure that could run into the hundreds of billions of dollars. Many believe this is a form of hybrid, or many believe this form of hybrid ownership, part government, part private, with the responsibilities of ownership unclear, will not prove workable. The deputy director for the Peterson Institute for International Economics says the case for full nationalization is stronger now than it was a few months ago. If you don't own the majority, you don't get to fire the management, to wipe out the shareholders, to declare that you're just going to take the losses and start over. It's the mistake the Japanese made in the 1990s. According to this story, he said that I would guess that sometime in the next few weeks, Obama and the Treasury Secretary will have to come out and say... It's much worse than we thought. And just bite the bullet. Just bite the bullet. That's right. Steal all that stuff from everybody. Hunker down. 1-800-259-9231. Hunker down and just take control of those national banks. I mean, it's, it's really, is it really going to be that different? I mean, after all, right now, the banks are essentially an extension of the government. We know that. We know that the banks operate at the pleasure of the FDIC, and we know that the Federal Reserve is essentially what uh, creates the banks and gives them their opportunity. So, yeah, they're already kind of extensions of the federal government. This is just sort of formalizing that process, isn't it? Of course, some people might be a little disturbed to know that the federal government is going to be running the operations of the <laughs> of the bank that they go to. That's pretty scary. That's not a good sign. Hmm. I mean, look, there is no doubt that the banks are better off in private owners' hands, even though they are inherently tied into the government system. However, it seems like this is inevitable, doesn't it? It seems like this is going to happen. Nationalization of U.S. banks. We'll love your thoughts at 800-259-9231. There's actually another government out there, uh, or mo- violent monopoly, whatever you want to call them that has uh, also engaged in bank nationalization recently. Iceland. Oh, yeah. Did you hear what happened to them today? Um, not today, no, but I've heard that they've had been ongoing sort of riots, Icelandic riots. Uh, the, the, the article here from the Associated Press says their government has toppled. The government has toppled. I, yeah, I don't really know what that means because... <laughs> it doesn't sound good. <laughs> well, it sounds like... Well, it sounds good to me, I'm all in favor of toppling governments, but it doesn't sound like chaos has broken out in the streets necessarily over this. There were already a lot of protests and things like that going on, so I don't think anything different has really occurred. But the story is that their coalition government collapsed earlier today after an unprecedented wave of public dissent 
plunging the island nation into political turmoil as it seeks to rebuild an economy shattered by the global financial crisis. Their Prime Minister, Gerhard, resigned and disbanded the government he's led since 2006. Hard was unwilling to meet demands of his coalition partner, the Social Democratic Alliance Party, which insisted on choosing a new prime minister in exchange for keeping the coalition intact. The country has been mired in crisis since October when the country's banks collapsed under the weight of debts amassed during years of rapid expansion. Hard's government has nationalized banks and negotiated about $10 billion in bailout loans from the International Monetary Fund and individual countries. Hmm. So Iceland nationalized their banks, and they had a $10 billion bailout. Hmm. Sounds similar to you, to what's going on here in America? It's very interesting. Why did they have to get a uh, loan from the uh, the World Bank? Why couldn't they just print out their own money? Well, it's because the value Money's of the country's uh, yeah, the value of the country's krona krona okay. has uh, plummeted, hitting many Icelanders who took out special loans denoted in foreign currencies for new homes and cars during the boom years. In addition, Iceland must repay billions of dollars to Europeans who held accounts with subsidiaries of collapsed Icelandic banks. So they are <laughs> being hung out to dry. And you just have to look at the situation and, and look at the parallels between Iceland and the United States. I guess the difference is the United States is dealing with hundreds of billions of dollars in bailouts, whereas Iceland had 10. And uh, the United States is the world reserve currency. More coming up. You bring up anything. 800-259-9231. What are your thoughts? Where's this all going? It's Free Talk Live. Live, it's your show. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Coming up, we'll tell you who the SWAT team has raided now, as though the uh, situation just couldn't get more outrageous. It apparently has. Uh, 800-259-9231. Of course, your calls are the primary element. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, including the wiki, with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about. Edit virtually anything you see there. It's like the listener-editable version of our website, wiki, wiki.freetalklive.com. SACL CAI has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows that the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so that your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. You can see it at freetalklive.com right at the upper right-hand corner of the page. 800-259-9231. So apparently Iceland is, according to the AP, they've had their government toppled uh, by a financial crisis. They uh, couldn't apparently dig out from the hole they had dug themselves into. Well, I, I'm... I'm um from what I'm hearing from this article, it's it's more like uh, one of these vote of confidence things. They have different different governments, different countries work in different fashions, and so you can uh, recall these people uh, in in some countries, and so essentially, like the Democrats or the Republicans, you pick your uh, you you pick your favorite party, and uh, the like perhaps 
what happened here was the people became so discontented with the whatever party was in control that they have you know now decided that the, that party must leave, and so that party's given up. They're pretty discontented. In fact, rallies have been held each Saturday since October, clattering pans and crockery with kitchen utensils. Thousands of Icelanders have joined no, noisy protests against the government's handling of the economy. The cacophony of kitchenware has led to commentators to describe the protests as the saucepan revolution. Though largely peaceful, the protests have seen, oh boy, Reykjavik? Reykjavik. Reykjavik's tiny parliament building doused in paint and eggs hurled at Tard's limousine. Last Thursday, police used tear gas to quell a protest for the first time since 1949. Of course, their complaint is that the government just isn't doing things good enough and that they should do a better job. Uh, however, all that said, kind of interesting to see people getting at least somewhat active and doing something. When's the last time anybody uh, pelted the U.S. government buildings with paint? They certainly have every reason to. Following discussion with Hard, Iceland's figurehead, President Olafur Ragnar Grimson, said he would hold talks with Iceland's four main political parties before asking one of the organizations to form an interim government. He said, uh, or he's likely to ask so-and-so to govern alongside some opposition parties until elections are held. However, one of the other people said she won't seek personally to replace Hard as the leader of the island. She instead proposed her party's popular minister, whoever. The restoration is why I love this quote. The restoration of trust in the government is critical, said the island's environment minister and alliance member. Quote, what is needed straight away is to try to restore trust between the political establishment and the general public. What we need is for the general public to believe that the politicians are working in their interests. What, we uh, what we more, like it when they believe that. Yeah, what, what more do you need to know from these people? I mean, that just says it all, doesn't it? Well, anyway, they're going to bring some new government people in. And uh, the protests, uh, the people that were leading the protests, uh, one of them says, the protests will continue until it becomes clear that things are really changing. Well, I'm not sure what that's going to mean for them. Bringing new politicians in and waving and smiling. It seems to work here in America. Change. Just start saying change and hope. Chanting over and over again. Yeah, that'll help. That'll fool them for another four years at least. 800-259-9231. We continue with your calls about what you want. We go to, uh, let's talk to Glenn in Alabama. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Glenn. Hey, what's up? Hey, what's on your mind, Glenn? Uh, I wanted to say that's something cool I saw. Right. Uh, I, I know that uh, I know that you guys are always pimping out the Free State Project, and so this is a little bit uh, competitive with that, I guess. So, um, but anyways, it, it's called seasteading. Have you seen this? Yes. Okay. Why don't you tell us what it is for those that are listening and don't know? Uh, it's it was started by actually the grandson of Milton Friedman, interestingly enough, and his idea is he wants to be able to really quickly create uh, independent countries on the water, on the ocean. All right. So they're kind of like, uh, they're like huge movable platforms is the design that, that can quickly kind of go out to sea and um, establish an independent uh, kind of country on. So it's, it's kind of like the Free State Project, but on water. Well, it's kind of like that, except for the Free State Project, you can move here and rent. Um, how much does one of these platforms cost? Oh, just a couple million or so, I think. Right, that's what I was thinking. And um, now, you know, I've I've looked into this seasteading thing, and I've, you know, I've, I, as I'm sure Mr. Friedman probably has some, uh, what is it, p- p- 
Payman, Payman Freeman, what's his, what's his name? Begins with a P. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so sure. Okay. Anyway, um, the, the gentleman and probably has some questions about uh, uh, the Free State Project, too. But why in the world would you – I think this is a great idea, but the only people that can be involved are the very, 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 very wealthy libertarians. Oh, no, 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 no. You would, you would buy a, a share of the um – of whatever kind of uh, plat- whatever um, the, the platforms you know, whatever that I read about group you wanted to join the platforms that I read about were in fact uh, like little floating houseboats. No, these are much larger. This is more of like a floating, you can connect them like together. City. You can connect them together to create cities. You know what? You can ask uh, Patry Friedman Patry. in person because he's actually going to be at the upcoming Liberty Forum. He's going to be uh, speaking, as a matter of oh, fact. Cool. So he'll actually be here in New Hampshire sharing all kinds of things about the seasteading thing. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, if if you were to build a boat that had, uh, say, I don't know, 1,500 square feet, that sounds like uh, an average kind of modest size home. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be talking about That's a mighty expensive boat. Yeah. Um, now, my question is, there have got to be some uh, out-of-service uh, cruise ships out there. Surely. Yeah, Surely somebody could get on board for one of these things and then sell uh, condominiums on this thing and uh, you know do whatever libertarian stuff you want to do, which I assume means uh, prostitution, gambling, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, drugs and <laughs> all kinds of things like that out there, which is really of no concern to me because I don't need those sorts of freedoms in my life. What I want to see personally is. Freedom brought to a particular geographic area, so that we, so that people can look at it, see it works, and then, um, you know, say, "Hey, let's model ourselves on that." All right. Well, I, I think this. I think the idea behind seasteading uh, is a little. I mean, it's not. It's unreal. I mean, it sounds unrealistic. It's. It's definitely a big dream. But uh, I guess it's a little bit different than just, uh, you know, small boats joining together or, or a little boat. It really does seem like, you know, the focus is to have a geographic area. That, that they're, uh, yeah, I recall re- when I was looking into it. I do recall it being a large sea platform. Yeah, I've, I've, I've looked into this probably more thoroughly than two of you guys here. Um, I know Ian, you're not paying much attention to it at all. You've uh, you know read. A I've little seen bit. pictures. Yeah, that's great. And uh, so, <laughs> uh, in fact, what the the ideas have been is that everybody buys their own um, you know individual boat that can hook together with other boats and create this sort of land mass, which I think is a great idea. I'm all for it. I just don't think the technology is there yet, and I'll take freedom today. Yeah. Because I can't afford I can't afford it. I just I just can't. Thanks, Glenn, for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. 800 259 We'll certainly keep our eyes on it. It's intriguing, to say the least. Uh, but I like being on land. It's Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial the toll-free number 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. The features including updates. You get signed up, and we keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, just go to updates.freetalklive.com. 
and get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Send out an update today. As a matter of fact, announcing our brand newest Shriner. Uh, the Shrine of Female listeners, you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com. Take a look at that for yourself. But you'll know first if you're on the updates list at updates.freetalklive.com. We were just talking about the uh, seasteading idea, which is it's a neat idea, the idea of getting people together on a platform at sea to live as free as they possibly can. Pretty cool. I like it. Uh, don't know how realistic it is. Not sure how close they are to actually making this happen. Maybe we'll have the, uh, the, the guy who's in charge of the Seasteading Institute, Patty, or Patry Friedman, on the show. When I'm, I'm very interested, and yeah. I think it has a lot of promise. Essentially, um, what the advantage there is is that you go out into the uh, the, the, the free ocean and you create a landmass of some sort. Some you're sort creating of, your own country. You basically. create your own, con- um, you know, free free place. Rather than trying to dismantle the si- the state wherever you are, then you you know just have as free of a place as you want. And I think that sounds really good. I just don't know if technology is to, to the point where it's going to make sense. I don't know. I mean, you know. Please, I'd love to hear otherwise. Well, if we get the chance, uh, we always love to pull aside interesting people at the Liberty Forum. And if he's there, we'll do our best to bring him on the show. And you guys can call and ask him questions at that time. Uh, but- First question is... What about pirates? Her. What about the pirates? It's a realistic question. There was a uh, there was a movement, as I recall, and I don't know what it was called or how long ago it was, but I do understand this to be the truth, uh, that a, a group of liberty-minded people set out to take over their own island, essentially, and they did. And then the king of Tonga showed up with a gunboat and took it over for himself. Well, I mean, a, a gunboat is something a bit different than what pirates may have. I mean, you know... But... I don't think you want to take on uh, libertarians who have had a chance to, you know, like, that's the first question. All you got to do to take care of pirates, mount a 50 cal to the side, and you've got that, you've got that pirate thing handled. Okay. Well, <laughs> apparently they didn't handle the gunboat too effectively. Well, the, the king, you see, that, that has the legitimacy of the state behind it, too. Pirates, you can blow them up. Everybody will go, yay, you blow up the king of Tonga, you've got a problem on your hands. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not really sure what the difference is. Oh yeah, one of them has the uh, uh, the aura of legitimacy, or as the folks over in Ireland, or not Ireland rather, but Iceland would put it, that the people believe in the state. They believe that the politicians are looking out for them. Uh, so, uh, so instead of seasteading, which is kind of pie in the sky, at least for the moment, uh, you should consider moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, which is a sponsor of the show. You can go to freestateproject.org to learn more about a movement of thousands of liberty-loving activists all converging into the same geographic landmass in order to achieve liberty in our lifetime. And there are people doing different things. There are people working inside the system, working in the, the realm of politics, uh, trying to change things that way, and there are people that are working outside the system uh, in the marketplace and working to change things that way. Mark, you were going to brag a little bit, I think, about your political success that you've had, all oh, by your lonesome. Yeah, that's right. I uh, I, I decided to hold a protest um, where I threw uh, insults and snowballs at the, uh, the the fire department in the town where I live, and the, the fire chief came out and said that they would go completely free market. No, no, no! I didn't do that did. nonsense. And uh, actually, what I did was I, I joined the uh, the volunteer fire department, and I, um, I wanted to t- this plan to take a little longer, so I got a little more established. But they need a tanker truck, and you know the rubber was hitting the road. Essentially, at the, uh, the association meeting, the volunteer association meeting, we were asked to all vote for the tanker truck, and I began to lose sleep. 
I can't morally vote for a tanker truck that is paid for by the, you know, the theft of everybody in town when they may or may not use that tanker mm-hmm. truck. To me, that's like going to Walmart and Walmart charging you for them having ladders when you didn't buy a ladder. That's wrong. It's stealing yeah. from one to give to another. Um, but I could see way, although, you know, I'll ca- we'll call it immoral, I could see way to vote for the tanker truck if we could move on a, um, in a direction of free market funding for the uh, fire department. So I made a, made a proposal to the chief. The chief said, okay, we will try this, limited basis, uh, you know, trial period, and uh, he's he's got to run it by the selectman, but, you know, there we go. Okay, so nothing actually has happened yet. You made me feel like something was really changing there. I'm sorry. What's changed in, uh, say, Keene about the marijuana laws or nothing uh, yet, the IRS? Mark, but we've just barely begun. I'm just saying. And so have you. All, yeah, and, and I've managed to do it from the inside and one person. Right. I don't need to get a bunch of uh, scraggly people together and, you know, harass the bureaucrats in order to get the stuff done. You can do things from the inside. It works. So there you go. A little bit of evidence. Uh, well, Mark's claiming it works. Uh, and I, you know, I don't doubt that. I, I think well, that things well, can if, change. If, I think if it's the slow. fire chief cannot make the decision on his own, but yeah. it is a requirement to have the fire chief on board, don't you think that it's worth getting, you know, getting him on board, making the promise of the tanker? Obviously, this is a funding situation that is going to benefit everybody in the equation. Selectmen, taxpayer, Fire chief, except and the people me. that have to pay the, uh, the the fees when they come around, they're not going to like it too much. They'll probably complain, and then the selectmen will say, "Well, this isn't working. We need to spread those this people across don't everybody. live in the town for one, so their complaints are going to fall on deaf ears." And this is done. This sort of funding um, is done in more than twenty five percent of the fire departments in the nation. So there's a little precedent for there's it, quite then? a bit of precedent. Oh, that's good. All right, man. Well, uh, so there you go. A uh, little bit of evidence that the political system, as unwieldy as it is, maybe actually has a chance of changing here in New Hampshire. 800-259-9231. So keep us informed on that, Mark, will you? And let us know how it works I out. I will. All right, we continue here and take your calls across the pond to Ashley in the U.K. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ashley. Your mind, your thinking process, it, what? You're going to have to turn that down, whatever that is, because we're not here to play other radio shows on this show. I believe that's, that's how Jones talking. Yeah. Okay, goodbye, caller. You're not listening to our show, and you're not on your phone. 800-259-9231. We continue with Matthew in Tennessee. Matthew, you're on Free Talk Live. How are you doing? Hey, what's on your mind? So um, I actually got the chance to go to the inauguration. Oh, um, sorry about that. Yeah. Well, remember I called a couple of weeks ago and I said I was bringing my friends down. I was going to force them to listen to Libertarian stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, on the drive over or something, right? Yeah, yeah. So I did. Um, from the minute they land, I started talking about freedom and liberty. Uh-oh. So <laughs> how it, did... it was actually kind of good. Um, really? We had some pretty good discussions. Yeah, yeah. Um, I got one that was kind of was really, really intrigued. And I, um, <clears throat> I got him to watch uh, The Philosophy of Liberty. Oh, cool. And he was like, wow, that... That makes a lot of sense. People could go now, and see this for themselves over at YouTube. Just look for, search for Philosophy of Liberty. It's a great little eight-minute long uh, animated essential, uh, I guess you could call it a cartoon. Uh, it's, a, it's a little cartoon yeah. with stick figures uh, that is really uh, just enlightening, I think. In, in eight minutes, somebody brand new will, I think, have a few gears turning in their head. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he was like, wow, that's a pretty powerful little little clip. So I got him to watch that, and I got him to watch... Um, what is the John something societies John little Birch. video? They, yeah, they had a little video about government. Hmm. Um, I so don't know that I've one. I watched that. Yeah, it basically talks about like tr- um, 
how government control and then no control and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And it really just breaks down to different kinds of forms of government really well. So I got him to watch that. But anyways, the reason why I was calling was to talk about this guy I met there. and He was going to become a police officer, so I started talking to him about, um, like, police brutality and stuff like that. So I asked him, you know, if, if your partner was approached my car and I said something to him and he, he got upset and dragged me out of the car and started beating me saying, stop resisting, would you arrest your partner? And he said, no. Nope. And so, like, I started talking about this. I was like, wow, these are the type of people that would actually make it through the academy. And that's a pretty scary thought. The people who are going to back up their, uh, their buddies in yeah, the department instead of doing the right thing. Yeah, instead of instead of actually trying to protect the citizens. Pretty so, disgusting, was, huh? Yeah, it was crazy. Sobering. It was crazy. Thank you for the uh, for sharing that with us, and uh, glad it worked out as well as it did for you. And good luck continuing to talk to your friends and to everybody out there. Uh, keep talking to people about freedom. And if you don't open your mouth, who can you expect to do so? 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. More coming up with your calls about anything. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, and by the way, uh, the, if you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and helping expose as many new people to the ideas of freedom as possible because, well... I like that. And if you do, too, become an amplifier at amp.freetalklive.com. That again, amp.freetalklive.com. As we continue with your phone calls about what you want, it's Tyson in Colorado. Tyson, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Tyson? Actually, you went to a job interview at a restaurant here in town this morning, and after the manager actually shot a couple questions at me himself in person, he ended up giving me a 150-question questionnaire. Hmm. And some of the questions were uh, ranging from anything from, do you think society is too conservative as a whole, to do you like old-fashioned people, and just a bunch of stuff like that. Was this a corporate job? You know, when are they going to draw the line with asking personal questions like this? Was was this a corporate job that you were applying for? Uh, yeah, uh, it's, it was actually like a restaurant chain. Yep, that that tends to be uh, the kinds of jobs where you'll get these things. They they essentially they hire these companies that that will ask a bunch of uh, personality Weird, questions, off the wall personality questions. Basically, they want to find out if you're going to steal from them. Is basically what they want to do. That and right. there's there's a, there's another aspect to it. Is many you know the the federal government and many states get gov- state governments have made it difficult for employers to ask questions that they'd like to ask. Are you married? You know, when, mm-hmm. you know, do you move around a lot? Why did you get fired from your last job? Do you want to get pregnant? You, you well, know, things you, like that that they can't ask you otherwise, so they have to ask you sort of these weird probing questions that you know, often don't have an answer. Uh, you know, sometimes for you know libertarians, you know, what what is this society too conservative? Well, in some ways, I think it's too conservative. Other ways, um, I think it's you know far too liberal. So you don't have the right way to answer them, and it's mostly because of the laws, or at least partially. 
Okay, that makes sense. I think uh, one of the questions on there was actually, um, do I know anybody that I'd like to see behind bars? Hmm. And uh, what you guys said just made a lot of sense, though. I was trying to figure out why they were asking shocking, appalling stuff like that. Yeah, you know, I'm sure somebody who works in human resources, as they are called, those uh, departments, personnel departments, could explain a little better exactly what the point of those is. But it's pretty much to create some sort of a personality baseline to see if, you know, if you're crazy or you're, you know, have a proclivity towards stealing or or if you're dishonest. And so it's that's kind of what the point of it is. And if it, the more you apply at corporate places, the more likely you're going to encounter these things. So it's really kind of standard fare these days. Okay, well, I'll be on my toes and be looking out for it from now on. Now, as long as you're honest and you aren't really a thief, then you should do okay. Well, okay, yeah. not necessarily on that particular application, um, yeah. you know, but at some point things will be fine. You'll get a job. It won't take long. Yeah. And uh, once you do, then, you know, if you conduct yourself well at that job, it won't be a problem. No doubt about it. Any other thoughts, Tyson? Uh, that's about it for now. Thanks for the call. Good luck with your uh, job application process. 800 259 9231, that's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Mark, where did the SWAT team hit this time? Well, you know, they're, they're busy. Uh, yeah, 40,000 us... SWAT team raids per year in this country. Is it 40,000? Isn't that what it was over at uh, the... Uh, the what agitator. The Agitator. Yeah, that's right. Theagitator.com. Last week, at a Washington State University frat house, a SWAT team was called in to respond to reports of underage drinking. Oh, my gosh. Wait, did I just write that? Indeed, I Where's did. Where's this from? Let me rephrase the examiner.com. Okay. Or, excuse me, examiner.com. Let me rephrase. Paramilitary police officers trained for high-risk, <laughs> violent confrontations were dispatched to arrest college students who were a, th- a year or three younger than the current legal age for drinking alcoholic beverages. Still doesn't sound good, does it? Wow. Well, let the Moscow Pullman Daily News uh, have what it have it say. Put the, down that beverage cup, son. The Pullman oh, well, Police shoot. De- The Pullman Police Department called in members of the regional SWAT team to Do you have ex- a license for this beer pong to execute a search warrant at the Washington State University Fraternity Wednesday night. Police responded to the Phi Kappa Sigma Fraternity shortly before 8.30 p.m. after receiving Man. reports that members of the house located at Willa were furnishing alcohol to minors. When they arrived in the scene, Pullman Commander Chris Tennant said police found a crowd of intoxicated individuals playing with airsoft guns. My goodness, we need to put a stop to this. Yes. Can you imagine this guy? I mean, he's he's got to be so ashamed of himself, this Commander Chris Tennant. Are you kidding? He's probably proud that he's keeping people safe, protecting and serving. A no, um, an observing sergeant was notified that the illegal substances were in a red Honda parked on the street. Hmm. He flashed his lights in the light in the car and a bong and a bag of marijuana Uh-oh. lying on the back seat floorboards. Man. Aha! Drugs and guns. Well, airsoft guns. Yeah. But airsoft guns are toys. They short, shoot little plastic pellets and are used right. the same way paintball guns in. are used for combat games. As for a bong and a bag of marijuana, come on, it's grass. It's illegal. Though it shouldn't be. But calling in the heavy weapons to address that particular legal transgression is a major overreaction. Oh, wow. No doubt about it. Yep. Wait, so the wait, they called it in after they spotted the bong? Or was the SWAT team, I'm, I'm a little confused, was the SWAT team there and they found the bong or some cop spotted a bong in the back of a car and they called the SWAT team in? I don't have the specifics on the order of operations on this. But the SWAT team came out at some point. Yes. 
Uh, Tenant of the Pullman PD insists, we activated the SWAT team not because we needed special weapons and tactics. Because it's fun. We just needed the bodies. We love to destroy. (laughs) Lives and property. Yeah. But bodies well um, could have well been the end result. When the SWAT teams were originally developed in Los Angeles, they were intended to address riots, hostage situations, snipers, political assassinations, yeah. urban guerrilla warfare. Their training to successfully combat urban violence makes them not so logical a choice for breaking up a kegger. Well, not unless you really want to break up the keg. With machine gun fire, sending in SWAT teams to control a crowd of intoxicated individuals playing with airsoft guns makes you wonder if somebody in the command structure of Pullman PD has a brother in the coffin business. Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, this is just... We've talked about what you should do if the cops come to your party, and that is don't answer the door, but if it's the SWAT team, they're going to kick the door in. It's not just a morbid joke. The use of a SWAT team to arrest a 37-year-old optometrist for sports gambling, the plague of this troubled land, resulted in the shooting death of the uh, doctor. That's Fairfax County, Virginia. Yep. Yep. I remember that story. Police did. Me too. He was on his knees. Yeah. He was on his knees, handcuffed, and they shot him in the back of the head. Yep. On accident. That's what happens when you point guns at people. Accidents. Police, that's what you. That's what you. Uh, what happens when you you send in uh, you know people that are amped up on testosterone, yep. wanting uh, you know look, begging for for trouble. You send them in someplace just because. Well, we gotta we gotta practice with our SWAT team, so let's let's bust up this football gambling pool. Sure. Police detective Jared Shivers was killed by a panicked homeowner Ryan Frederick during a misfire SWAT raid that turned up a baggie of marijuana. Fred, Frederick, who enjoys widespread community support, is now on trial. Tarika Wilson was killed, and her one-year-old son lost a finger when a SWAT officer opened fire on the cowering woman during a raid in Loma, Lima, Ohio. Hmm. Cowering nice. woman. Minneapolis Are we just SWAT going over team. the last six months here? Is it, yeah, <laughs> just oh, this, this, is just, this is just a few. Yeah. The fact is, um, there's a lot worse. Uh, Minneapolis, uh, or not a lot worse, there's a lot more. Minneapolis SWAT team engaged in a shootout with a homeowner after banging in, um, barging into the wrong address. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, Baron Heights, uh, Maryland, Commander Cheyenne Calvo's two dogs were killed when a SWAT team raided his home after he accepted delivery of a package. This is the mayor. <laughs> Did I say commander? Yeah. yeah. Uh, mayor, uh, right. after he uh, accepted delivery of a package of marijuana hot, yeah. brought to his door by police officers. Calvo was cleared of any wrongdoing but has yet to receive an apology. Uh, SWAT teams... And enforcement of laws against nonviolent activities are two things that don't go well together. Unless, that is, you think downing a beer a few months before your 21st birthday should carry the death penalty. Oh, wow. So now they've raided a college drinking party because some people were underage drinking and somebody had a bong in the back of their car. Is that what I'm understanding from this story? They've raided a drinking party? I suspect they, um, you know, my understanding is they found the bong after they, uh, you know. This is crazy. I mean, it, it just keeps getting worse. I didn't even, th- I never really thought it would go this far. I, I keep being, my expectations continue to drop. <laughs> I, I keep being shocked by how depraved these police departments are, how far they will go to enact their tyranny upon us. Raiding a drinking party for uh, underage drinking? SWAT teams? 1-800-259-9231. And you know what? You have to pay for it. If you don't like what the police are doing, try stopping paying your property taxes. Guess who's going to get raided next? You. Hour 2 is coming up. It's Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231, as we launch here in hour number two of the program. That number again, brought to you by SACL CAI, 1-800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free on the site. Those other talk show hosts, they'll charge you for accessing their website. Ours, we give to you. So enjoy it at freetalklive.com. Coming up, the latest on the DTV transition. Will the government actually make their deadline to switch the television stations over to digital? Uh, we'll look at that. But first, we talk to Sean in the UK. Sean, you are on Free Talk Live. Hello, hey. Sean. You are on the air. Yeah, I've, yes, uh, sir. That's cool. Hello. Sean? I've never been on a radio show before. Well, congratulations. <laughs> What's on your mind tonight? Well, um, hope you don't mind if I go off topic. There is no topic. It's Free Talk Live. You get to talk about what you want. Go just ahead, get the, the Just find the topic. Oh, cool. I feel special. We think you are, Sean. You should get to the topic quickly, I'm going to beat my though. head against this microphone, yeah. Sean. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, I was um, I was on YouTube uh, the other day, and uh, I was just checking out some random videos, really. Mm-hmm. And I noticed this one thing popped up a few times. Westboro Baptist Church. Oh gosh. I know. Uh, I just all I really wanted to say is I feel so sorry for Americans <laughs> because they have to live with these people. <laughs> surely, wherever you, know you are, I mean? Sean. Uh, surely, where I, I don't know where you are. I didn't. I, He's I, in the UK. In the UK. Surely, you've got your version of uh, the Westboro Baptist Churchians, right? Yeah, I better not say it on radio, though. Well, yes. <laughs> well, now uh, he may not have as many of them as I understand it. There are a lot less. There are a lot more unchurched people there in the UK than there are here in the United States. Isn't that true? I mean, isn't uh, organized religion yeah. generally less popular there? Yeah, exactly. Um, America, well, I think, well, I, you know, I'm not American, but I think America are a lot more uh, religiously taught, because in the UK, most of us are atheists, really. Now, wasn't it like, uh, I don't know if it's most of you, but I think it was something like 40-ish, 44%, the last time I saw some of the numbers were, uh, I think, self-defined as atheist and or non-believers or something like that, and then yeah, a lot more, I think, are unchurched. Well. Yeah, it could be, yeah, 44%, I'd say that's about right. So when you saw these people, the Westboro Baptist Church, for those that aren't familiar with who they are, uh, Fred Phelps is their pastor, and but, they're known for yeah. doing outrageous protests. And a great deal of them are related, right? I mean, like... Yeah, they're actual family. Yeah. <laughs> In reading. So, when, when, you know, I know I'm not being thing or anything, but when I read the Bible, it's supposed to express passion and um, the Word of God. Well... They just take me like it's some sort of thing where they are God's gift and they have to teach us all, you know what I mean? Well, and they hate people, you know, they, they hate people like gays and others that don't, that, you know, they believe that God doesn't like and they go out and they just do just yeah. some of the most nasty, well, uh, mean-spirited protests that uh, I think that, that we've ever seen. Well, what it is, is um, they think America's a doomed country because they have a doomed leader. 
Now, um, if God put Bush as the doomed leader, as they are putting it, and they go around saying stuff like, oh, that girl deserved to die because she's in a doomed country, well, wouldn't it be God's fault if he made a doomed leader and put that girl in the doomed country? You know what I mean? And if you get me. Too, it's too <laughs> logical right, for them. The, the, the people with this kind of religious zealotry, you, you really can't uh, confront them with logic. They, they, it, no. it, it just doesn't even enter their world. Thank you, though, call, yeah, uh, for the call tonight, Sean. I really appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's no real uh, arguing with people like Fred Phelps and his crew. There's no legitimate points you can make with them because they're just so, so into their viewpoint that uh, I don't think there's any saving them. But it's uh, it's nonetheless intriguing to look at them and to uh, to study uh, their mentality and and who they are and what they do. And we did look into them at one point on this show. And yeah, everybody that's in that church is related to Fred Phelps. Well, not everybody, but virtually a lot of them, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody that's not related to Fred is married to somebody who's related to Fred. You know. So it's a real t- uh, close-knit, tiny little church population. It's not a big church. There aren't branches of this church. Uh, but they sure do get a lot of press, considering how small they are. Well, yeah, I think that's that, that's the main purpose. They're they're a hate group, and that's yeah. all. Um, and, I, you know, it doesn't really matter to me whether they have a religious aspect to their hate group or not. They're just a hate group. Yep, pretty much. 800-259-9231. So we continue I think, here. I think that it's their right as uh, Americans and free people to express their hate if they wish. I just don't think it does any good for anybody. Yeah, well, it's my right to find them despicable. So we continue here. A story from ArsTechnica.com. We're seven weeks and some change away from DTV Transition Day. This was actually written a couple weeks ago, so now we're much closer than seven weeks. Now it's more like two and a half weeks. And my mother instant messaged me on Monday with a question. Is the DTV transition out of money, she asked. Where'd you hear that, I typed back. She sent me a link to a Brian Lehrer show on WYNC-FM in Manhattan, where she lives. Lehrer had just finished interviewing a very angry Gail Brewer, member of the New York City Council, chair of its Committee on Technology and Government. Brewer patiently explained to the show's listeners that after February 17th, the last day of analog broadcasting for full-power television signals, viewers with over-the-air rabbit-ear televisions will need a set-top converter box in order to make their TVs digital-ready. The government has been issuing coupons to the public, good for $40 toward a converter box, two coupons per customer. But when Brewer called the Department of Commerce that morning, she got a very disturbing bit of news. She said, I was told the money has run out. I was given a registration number, then told to go to a government website and check my registration. That's outrageous. The coupons are supposed to go through the end of March 2009. And we talked about uh, this government coupon program, and we kind of speculated about it. You know, how's this all, how is this all going to turn out with the government and its plan to make this deadline, February 17th, for the digital transition? We know that government tends to uh, miss its deadlines because it's slow and inefficient and generally I awful. I thought they'd make it because most of this, most of what it is that they're requiring uh, is needs to be done by television Private, stations. Yeah, yeah. People. So, you know, they're giving them a deadline and telling them to do it. However, you know, they've run out of money for the coupons. How interesting. Yep, as apparently when you go to that link, they tell you that the TV Converter Box coupon program has reached its funding ceiling. However, coupon <laughs> requests from eligible households will be filled on a first-come, first 
reserve basis as funds become available from expiring coupons. You won't receive coupons until funds become available. If you'd like to apply for a coupon today and are eligible, you'll be placed on a waiting list. So, so you and the coupons don't ex, um, expire until March, right? Uh, the, yeah. sh- the, so, um, therefore, yeah. you will be without television at the very, very, very least. For a couple is, months. And this is assuming that the government, uh, you know, does something on time or quickly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at least, <laughs> at least a month. Exactly. Now, when this program was first put out there, this coupon program, the... The idea was to that they were touting was that well you know we understand that we're mandating this transition and uh, there are poor people out there and you poor folks you're going to need to have your TV so we're going to go ahead and just give you the money that you need to get the TV boxes here's this coupon you call this number we give you some coupons and you go get your TV converters it sounded really simple sounded like a simple process they'd you know run the numbers as far as how many coupons they were going to need but of course government can't calculate. Now, why well, is it government can't calculate They wanted things? to do it for the poor people, but they offered coupons to everyone. To everybody. And a $40 coupon isn't something that everybody's going to ignore. And no, you that's know, true. I, I guess, it, I, I guess they're assuming that just, uh, that just uh, poor people are on rabbit ears. However, or, not, not just rabbit ears, but regular broadcast uh, television, because you can have an antenna next to your house. I know that many people do that for, in conjunction with like direct satellite TV dish. or satellite dish. Yeah. So you're not talking about just poor people. You're talking about everybody who's got uh, antenna. But it was made sound like, hey, we're your government. And we're here to help you through this. We're going to take care of you guys. Just call and get your coupons. But now here we are, a couple months, or actually a few weeks out from the transition date, and the government's run out of coupons. So you, you really can't count on these people to do anything at all that they claim they're going to do for you. In fact, I know, Mark, I don't know if you saw the story, but you had something about a World War II veteran that, or vet, veterans that had been left out in the cold by the state. I want to get to that, too, since it ties in. Plus, we'll take your calls about whatever you want at 800-259-9231. More about this uh, DTV transition. Looks like they're going to try to put it off, too. More coming up. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. If you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free on the site, so enjoy those on us, uh, including the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com, and uh, you can see our newest Shriner, who is uh, Abby. Right there on uh, shrine.freetalklive.com. And those of you lady listeners who would like to be included, you can get details on how you can submit your picture to the shrine, shrine.freetalklive.com. AdamEve.com has a special offer for you. Go to AdamEve.com and get 50% off of one item when you use the coupon code FTL at checkout. Plus, with your order of $17 or more, they'll throw in a free gift. Get 50% off with offer code FTL at AdamEve.com. That's Eve. Dot com. They got all that's all sorts of stuff there, including uh, lingerie and toys and and movies, all kinds of stuff. Looks like the government has run out of vouchers, and people are freaking out. Uh, the story. Well, this is one of those uh, bread and circuses sort of things. You cannot mess around with people's television. With their television, exactly. Uh, they're going to be very upset about this. In fact, uh, many people are already pretty upset. Apparently, they misestimated by. Quite a bit. There's a different story, actually, from CNET News. 
Uh, this one's a little more recent, where they talk about how the, the Congress has proposed moving the deadline from February 17, 2009, for the digital TV switchover to June of this year. So not pushing it back forever, but pushing it back um, you know, a significant chunk of time. Uh, apparently... The government officials have warned that too many Americans are not prepared for the switch. In fact, the estimates say that more than 6.5 million U.S. households are still not prepared for the transition, according to the Nielsen Company, who probably a lot better at estimating numbers than the government. The government and broadcasters have been running public service announcements to get the word out about the switch, and the government also allotted $1.3 billion for a voucher program to provide consumers with $40 coupons to defray the cost of the converter boxes. But the government has run out of money for the vouchers, and as of Wednesday, the National Telecommunications and Information Administration, which is administering the voucher program, reported that there's a waiting list... Guess how many people are on the waiting list for the coupons? Millions. 2.6 million <laughs> Americans. <laughs> oh, gosh. What's more, many consumers say they've had trouble redeeming the coupons, or their coupons have already expired. So the government can't even do a coupon correctly. Right, and that's all they had to do in this circumstance. All they had to do is give a coupon for the people that are currently getting broadcast television. If you have cable, if you have satellite and, you know, that's right. all you watch is satellite. You don't need this. I just, I don't know how many Americans are out there getting broadcast television. Not to mention that you have to be living within the range of a, of a, a, signal. Of a yeah. signal. I can't get it, get broadcast at my house. So that's an interesting point, by the way, Mark, the, uh, and I don't think it's addressed in this story, but range is also going to be a factor because the digital signal will not go as far in some cases. Yeah, if you wanted to, uh, for one thing's for sure, if, you wanna, if you're just willing to watch t- TV that's in, yeah, you know, kind of a crappy broadcast. Uh, Watching through some static. Yeah, you watch through a little static because that's all you can get. I remember at my uncle and aunt's house in uh, Indiana where they lived, when I was a kid, that's all they got was staticky channels. You're not going to get anything if you're. I mean, if you're on a digital system and your signal's only good enough to give you a staticky analog picture, the digital's not going to come through because you need to have. In order for digital to work, it's either on or it's off. Yeah. So in order for you to have a digital signal, you have to be getting enough data uh, in order to create the picture. Because you will they either won't pack have, it at all. Pa- hmm? that, that sort of packeting thing that digital cable does sometimes. You you can probably get away with having a somewhat low signal, but it probably can't be less than like seventy five percent or something like that mm. because they uh, they they'll send some redundant information, so you can have a little bit of packet loss, but too much packet loss and you got nothing. So it's going to be really uh, quite a transition for a lot of people out there that don't really know what to expect. And in this case, they're saying that. Uh, Democrats are saying that delaying the transition to give people more time uh, to get ready would be a good idea, but Republicans have raised concerns that delaying the switchover would confuse consumers and add costs for television stations that would have to continue broadcasting both analog and digital signals. What difference does it make as far as confusing consumers? No, I don't know. So, and you, I'm not sure why it would be so much more costly to continue transmitting on, on analog. A delay would also mean burdening wireless companies, which have already spent billions of dollars to buy the spectrum from the federal government, and it would delay efforts by public safety agencies who have been waiting for the spectrum to be freed up. What are we, uh, the ambulances just not able to run without having the, the, the old TV bands to operate in? I mean, come on. Those are some pretty lame excuses. 
for not delaying this. Well, they want they, they want the money to sell to uh, new companies, and I think they probably yes. have sold them to new companies. So therefore, I can see that. And if you were if you were one of these companies, Google, I believe, is one of them that has bought up some of these bands, and then they decide to back off the date. You know, you paid for that. <laughs> Under the new deal, the transition date will be delayed until June 12th. TV stations will be allowed to switch to digital signals before that date. And if a station chooses to switch to digital before the date, the vacant spectrum will be made to public safety officials. The bill will also allow consumers with expired coupons to apply for new coupons. And the coupons apparently had an expiration date of 90 days. The bill also extends the deadline to apply for a coupon up to July 31st. So I don't know if that means they'll actually create new coupons. It doesn't sound like that's <laughs> going to happen here. So they've got a waiting list of 2.6 million people for the new coupons, but the only way that the 2.6 million people can get coupons, at least as my understanding of reading these stories, is once the other ones expire, they'll sort of go back into the pool, and then the 2.6 million people can begin to, it'll trickle out to them. And remember, just think about this for a second. When you want the government to handle a new program or some idea that uh, you think that the government can handle this is a coupon yeah <laughs> you get them every single day from pizza places across your town and the government yep. can't even do this right it's really just perfect example of how incompetent these people really are it's not that it's it, they're incompetent because they're not incentivized in the right, right way if they were running a pizza business uh, in a in the marketplace where they had to compete against other pizza businesses their coupons would work and they would work just fine but it's because they're the government they don't have any competition they can get away with screwing things up that they do the NTIA, this back to ArsTechnica.com, had mentioned this in response to questions posed by a representative saying that under the program's current authority and at the current request way, uh, rate, NTIA expects to be fully obligate the 100, or rather $1.34 billion it allocated for the coupons in or around the first week of January 2009. Fully obligate? In other words, the NTIA program is cashed out. But no worries. Representative Markey says that help's on the way. He says it's becoming increasingly clear that at minimum, Congress may need to quickly pass additional funding for the converter box program in early January to prevent any delay in coupon availability or issuance because it's like you said mark if people are without their televisions if they're without their tv the critical thing that keeps everyone so distracted in this country maybe they really will throw some paint at the government buildings like the icelanders are well you remember this is how caesar uh, managed to, to seize control essentially and seize and hold control of rome was gladiators you know pits a distraction yep circuses keep people distracted so they're gonna try to dig in here quickly and find some extra cash and buy these people off so they don't protest about not having their television sets and hey you guys get to pay for it (laughs) because how's that make you feel that you're paying to keep people's boob tube on 800-259-9231 this is free talk live your thoughts about anything hey podcast listeners I've been working with a couple of advertisers who have concerns about the ages of our podcast listenership. Generally, the younger the person, the more likely they are to fill out a survey. We need to counteract this trend. Please, take a moment to go to survey.freetalklive.com and let us know your age and sex. That's survey.freetalklive.com, especially if you're over 25. This is 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything. Just dial toll-free 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. And those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show, dial-up version, and even a webcam, all totally free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's the quickest way to get to those. That's listen.freetalklive.com. And according to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com. Because normal email is not secure, that's privacyharbor.com. We go to your phone calls, and we'll start with Don in Kansas. Don, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Don, in Kansas, going once. Don, going, gentlemen? hey, you're on the air. Yes, uh, I'd just like to say I found your uh, radio station on the end of one of Barry Cooper's DVDs. Oh, excellent. The advertisement worked. Very good. <laughs> but uh, what I'd like to say is uh, I'd like to tell you all a little story about what happened to me uh, a couple months back. Sure. I was in uh, Beaver County, Oklahoma, uh, playing at a golf course there. And uh, before we got through uh, playing, we noticed that a uh, roadblock was set up right outside of the road for the golf course. Hmm. And uh, what struck me as strange was uh, whenever we were leaving, they were letting other people through, but we, uh, but they were, uh, excuse me, but they uh, stopped us, and uh, you know, just started asking us a bunch of weird questions. Like what? And uh, well. Uh, at first, they uh, started asking me, uh, you know, if, if I mind, they uh, took a look at my vehicle and stuff like that. But uh, they eventually pulled me out of the car and uh, had me go sit in the front seat of one of the cruisers. And then uh, started started asking me all kinds of questions like uh, what I just got through doing and stuff like that, whenever they obviously knew uh what I just got through doing. You were coming from the golf course. There was nowhere other place you could possibly have been coming from? Yes. Gotcha. And you had golf and clubs in your car? <laughs> do what? Do you have golf clubs in your car, visibly? Uh, no, we actually put them in the trunk. Okay, uh-huh. just wondering. All right. But uh, what struck me as strange was is uh, I was the only person that they stopped at that roadblock, and I was just wondering uh, if they could uh, legally profile somebody without uh you know, without a... Uh, basis. I'm pretty sure they can do whatever they want. Whether it's legal or not is another question, and it seems to be kind of irrelevant these yeah, whether days. Yeah, whether it's legal or not really doesn't matter to them because they don't have to pay for the lawsuit when they, you know, get if you if you decide, well, I'm should I've been illegally profiled, which. I don't think that they actually did illegally profile you because they can pretty much stop you for whatever they want because your taillight was malfunctioning with the officer observed that even though it works now sometimes those you know they those taillights tend to be a little blinky um and so they can pretty much do what they want but even if you do sue them and you know you chase it all the way up to the supreme court not one penny is going to come out of any of those officers or that uh, nope. or or the the pockets of the people that work at that police department Nor will they, be they fired. all come out of the pockets of Taxpayers. Yeah. Right. So really, um, the answer is we have no idea, and even if it's true, good luck trying to win your case. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's kind of what I figured. 
Yeah, I'm I'm sorry to to uh, you know the be the bearer of bad news here, but we're dealing with this situation all across the country where the police are just wholesale targeting people for whatever reasons they want to, whether it's driving while black or driving while being three kids in a car or driving at uh, you know 11 o'clock at night uh, through a certain part of town. They'll they'll target you for whatever reason they want to, and they'll do whatever it is they want to you, and you'll shut up and you'll take it because you know that's just the way things are. Now I wish that that would that those things would change, but in order for that to uh, in order for that kind of change to actually happen, people have to stop putting up with it. And in order for people to stop putting up with it, they have to get together and they actually have to uh, you know, come to some sort of resolution that they're going to do something about it. And what that something is could be uh, protesting, could be, it could be doing uh, politics, it could be doing civil disobedience. Um, however, I don't see a lot of that going on around the country. I mean, we talk about civil disobedience whenever it ha- whenever we get news about it, uh, but it's just not happening very often, which is one of the reasons why we joined the Free State Project and moved to New Hampshire. Have you heard about that yet? Uh, yes, I have. How do you feel about it? Um, you know, uh, I feel like you all are doing some pretty good work, and I actually uh, got through watching a uh, 40-minute speech from uh, Barry Cooper in New Hampshire. Yes, and uh, it was it was pretty informative, and uh, if I had the money, I'd move immediately. Well, then uh, start saving. Do and like the do like <laughs> the rest of us did, you know, plan for it, save it, and, and come on. And here's what you can do: we have since, since you sound pretty uh, committed to it, you could go to freestateproject.org and get signed up right now. You don't have to have the money to move to be a member of the uh, be a participant in the Free State Project. So head on over to freestateproject.org and uh, get on board, and then start planning because the uh, some of the best activists in the world are coming up here, and there is going to be change. I mean, when you get enough of these people together that are really doers and that are willing to put some uh, to take some risk and put it on the line and actually get out there and and do something about this police state tyranny that we're coming into in this country, you're going to have some changes happen, and I'm really excited about it. I'm glad you called tonight, and I'm glad you spotted that ad on the end of that Barry Cooper video. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. Advertising works. (laughs) Yes, it does. So uh, we continue here. Dan is on the line in Indiana. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dan. Hello, Ian. Mark, how are you doing, guys? I just called just a few days ago. And, uh, well, I was uh, on anarchyinyourhead.com, excellent website. they got great, great, uh, great art. Um, uh, Dale had mentioned something about, uh, oh, boy. Well, I I, I think I called into your show a few times before, and I talked about uh, the Jokers and Tokers uh, uh, weed protests. You know, you'd have your Jokers, which would be your guys that don't have real weed, and Mm -hmm. and your Tokers, which would have real weed, and um, bounce that idea around a little bit. I love that idea. (laughs) You know what? Coming from you, that means a lot. I I don't know why, but okay. (laughs) But but, uh, I I, I posted on on the website, and I wanted to get your all's take on it. Some uh, gentleman on there, uh, we won't mention his name and stuff, (laughs) just in case that's his real name. Um, He was saying, I guess it was he, might be a she, but they were they were saying that that um, the whole deal with with uh, getting normal involved and the Fiji thing, and he's just saying, well, you know, you don't, you're begging to the government to no, no, you're trying to jam it up, trying to put a big old log jam in the whole thing to where it's just too much of a, a pain in the neck for them to enforce the laws, you know, and, and yeah. whether 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 legalization passes on a local level, say they're in Keene or 
and, and you're in your particular county. Right, yeah, I don't care what they write down on paper. All yeah. I care is that they stop hurting innocent people. I don't right, care exactly. if they pass a law to change their situation, as long as they just stop doing what they are yeah. doing, and that is throwing peaceful individuals into prison yeah. cells, destroying and tearing apart families and hurting people, then I'll be fine with that. I mean, yeah, if they want to go and pass their laws, that's that's their business. Yeah, but if yeah, they just only, stop hurting folks, that'll be yeah, okay yeah, with me. Yeah, not only that, if, if the if the lawmakers are working on a project that you that's near and dear to your heart, wouldn't that be better than just them running around doing their other things where they're trying to get the uh, <laughs> I don't know the uh, the carpenter ant as the, the official state bug or something like that or some other ridiculous uh, you know uh, make work project. The of, silly of stuff the, they uh, do, yeah. Of the politicians and everything, which which they. They tend to do just way more than they actually need to do, which, you know. But um, I don't know. If you guys get a chance to, to read the, uh, the, the thing and stuff. Now, now, Dale said, good idea, Dan. We may be ahead of you. But I'm um, trying to figure out if you know anything. or If, they, if I know anything about the Joker pro- the smoker-joker protest? Or, or whether, whether, what Dale knows, <laughs> if, it, if it's something that you guys are able to talk about publicly and stuff. I don't think anything has been really ironed out okay. at this point. Uh, yeah, you know, it's um, <laughs> one of the things that uh, has not worked real well for the Free State Project is people outside of the Free State Project that haven't moved yet giving suggestions on what should be done inside yeah. the Free State Project and then sort of work and then trying to rely on a timetable for the people on the inside. Here's well, I'm a on basic, my way up there. Just, uh, oh, excellent. Uh, Understood. Um, here's yeah. here's a basic rule in life: your idea stinks to the next guy. So if you wanted your idea done, get on it, do it, because the next guy just doesn't have the passion and the uh, uh, you know doesn't doesn't look at it the same way. And, and a isn't... frequent response you'll get from uh, free staters when you suggest things is, "You should come here and do that." And I think that's a good suggestion. Thanks for the call. Look forward to seeing you here in New Hampshire. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Idea though. It's really that easy though. You come here, you come up with an idea, you share it with people, they get on board, and you go and do. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, the features we give away. So enjoy those on us. If you like this show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop at Amazon. Somebody actually uh, counted up the current Amazon categories and uh, sent me an email to let me know I've been wrong about how many categories Amazon has. So they just keep adding them. I've been saying 41. Uh, well, I think I've said sometimes more than 41, and it is way more than 41 categories now. I think it's like... 59 or something like that. So how about this? Amazon has dozens and dozens of categories in which you can shop lots of uh, products to choose from, the brands that you trust, with user reviews of the things you're looking at buying to make it even easier for you to make your purchase with confidence online over at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. When you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase, even if you're buying used items, which, yes, you can buy used through Amazon as well. Uh, so head over to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, get your shopping done, and feel good because you're helping Free Talk Live out all at the same time. Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. We continue here. Jeremy is in Montana. You're on Free Talk Live. Jeremy. Hey, guys. I'd like to know when you guys are going to start telling people to stock up on food and instead of talking about child molesters and, and uh, worrying marijuana and all that. If is that what you want to hear, Jeremy? You want to hear end of the world talk? Uh, you want to hear doom and gloom stuff? Uh, how to build a bunker and uh, stock you, up on food? You want to hear that kind of talk? Do you want to hear the truth or not? Tell me. Uh, give me the truth. Go ahead. Put it to the me. 
banks are collapsing all over the planet. And if you don't have enough sufficiency to do things for yourself, you're not going to make it, dude. Well, I, I agree. Good. I agree that you need to have self-sufficiency. I think, however, now's a little late if uh, if it's all going to come down in 2009, that it's a little late to get self-sufficient, except for canned foods. We have we do recommend on this show that eh, you know keep some canned foods around. It's not a bad, not a bad idea. idea. They, don't, they don't go they don't go out of date, and you, you they should say have they them. do. They they claim to go out of date, but from what I've from the research I've done, that's just like a freshness date. You can keep canned food for a long time. Um, so yeah, I think it's a generally a good idea what you're saying, Jeremy. But it, it's not a nightly topic on this show because well, if that's all we talked about on Free Talk Live, it'd get pretty damn boring, don't you think? You need a year's worth of food, man, and if you, or, or go out and uh, grow it yourself. Now, how you now? Don't you live in a trailer? Yeah, but I also live on five acres. Uh-huh. Well, you know, like you Yankee fucks. Well, we there. can't let you do that. It's a radio show. Well, I've, I I, I have to agree call. with what Jeremy says that uh, you know having a, a little bit of land's a good idea. <laughs> And it doesn't really matter what sort of domicile um, that one chooses to live on that land. And, uh, you know, I don't want to make any uh, uh, generalizations based on what kind of domicile it is. <laughs> but you need to, you know, a little bit of land's good. You can grow things yeah. in it. I'll tell you what, I've, uh, what we've recently, my wife and I have recently done, and this is small potatoes or tomatoes based, uh, de- uh, you know, compared to what, uh, Jeremy was talking about, but we recently got a couple of those topsy turvy, upside down tomato growing plant, potted plant yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, you were telling me about those. You, those, supposedly, one of those things is gonna produce, uh, 30 pounds of tomatoes a year. That's a lot of tomatoes. I'll be friend. out there taking some of those off your hands. And then. you have no idea what a fresh tomato tastes like if you haven't yeah. tasted Like, right now in your mind, you, you have a distinction between fresh tomato and regular tomato, mm-hmm. or you don't. And if you don't, you've never had a fresh tomato. You don't yeah. know how good they are. They're they're just so much better than a regular tomato, and it's probably it's the only thing I can think of that that that, that big of a distinction between sort of fresh and store bought. Yeah, I don't have. I mean, as far as preparation and all that, I don't have. And I don't know if I'm a Yankee F, but because uh, <laughs> I was born in the South. Yeah, well, uh, I I I, <laughs> I don't consider myself Yankee ever. No, <laughs> doesn't it have to do with where you were born? Maybe not. I, I mean, don't think do any any of those things. Things really, it's sort of. It's at this point, it's sort of turned to this tribal thing. So yeah. it's whatever tribe you decide to make yourself part. Isn't of. Montana in the north too? Technically, and the Yankees the really, um, the, the people that the Southerners would call Yankees, don't feel allied together in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, they don't say yes. We're, we're the, the Yankees. Yankees. No, <laughs> uh, my understanding is of the term Yankee is that uh, besides the baseball team, that nobody really considers themselves a Yankee. That uh, you know, people from people from around the world consider people from the United States Yankees. Yankees. But if you're from the south, Yankees. you can see people from the north, Yankees. And if you're from up north, you consider people from New England, Yankees. And if, you can, if you're from New England, you consider people from Vermont, Yankees. And apparently, if you're from Vermont, you consider people from, I don't know, the highest, most eastern county of Vermont to be Yankees. So nobody really even considers themselves to be a Yankee. So I'm in the process right now of kind of doing some of this preparation stuff. I think it's important, and if not for a total economic collapse, for a, a natural disaster or something like that, to have It's not a bad idea to have some canned food. Uh, and, and so we've got some, we went to Walmart, or I think it was, yeah, I think it was Walmart. We got one of those, uh, or maybe it was Home Depot. Anyway, one of those racks, those metal racks for a garage. Put yeah. one of those down in the basement and started filling it with uh, some, some canned food and some bottled water. And, you know, that's 
it's something. It's not a whole lot. It's certainly not a year's worth. I don't know if I would have enough room for. I guess I probably would have enough room for the year, year's worth, but it would probably take up an entire uh, section of my basement. What, what a year's. What is a year's worth? Probably not at the same level you're eating currently. I mean, yeah. if you if you're <laughs> if you're surviving on canned food, you know, you're, I I don't even know what a year's worth is. I don't. I don't really either. Things will be so far collapsed at that point that I. I, I don't even know what to talk about there. Yeah, if it gets it's a that good bad, idea to have killing, some canned food. There's people killing people in the streets uh, at that point. Not a bad idea to have some canned food. Not, I've got not some a gold, bad idea to some have silver. some silver. I don't know that, that that's terribly valuable. Um, not a bad idea to have some ammunition, some shotguns. Got the ammo. Shotguns are great. Um, you know, yeah. you could be more a better armed than a shotgun, but. It's a real good weapon to have just for self-defense, yeah. and it's easy to get the ammunition for it. So, so okay, so I've got the canned food, I've got bottled water, I've got some uh, precious metals, I've got some guns and ammo, so I'm, you know, I'm doing all right. I guess I should probably pick up some whiskey or something like that, right? I, I suppose. I don't know what you're going to do with whiskey. Well, they say that's valuable. They say that in uh, a situation where the, you know, the dollar is no longer any good, uh, that alcohol is. You know, people want to forget their troubles. And if you've got the alcohol and nobody else does, they're going to want to buy it from you or shoot you and take it from you. One of those choices. Yeah. <laughs> 800-259-9231. But, you know, we can't talk about that all the time on this show. It's just not a, it's not an, an entertaining or interesting topic if you were to do it on a regular basis. Uh, we continue. And we talked to Dave, listening to the People's Republic of Somewhere. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Dave. Evening, gentlemen. Camera Phone Predator Alert Act. Camera Phone Predator Alert Act? Alert me. What's going on here? Well, rather than saying what it says, I'll just give you my take on it. I think it alerts predators like the police that you're taking uh, pictures of them. Well, um, as a matter of fact, this... It's uh... legislation that was introduced on the 9th of this month requiring any mobile phone containing a digital camera to sound a tone whenever a photograph is taken with the camera's phone. Really? Prohibits such a phone from being with a, equipped with a means of disabling or silencing the tone. Wow. And treats the requirement as a consumer product safety standard and requires enforcement by the Consumer Product Safety Commission. This is interesting. And Now, are you saying that they're couching this in the excuse that somebody somewhere has taken pictures of, uh, you know, teenage girls or something like that at the beach? And Exactly. But wow. I think it's in response to the BART shooting myself. To the, the Oh, and the BART shooting. So wait, is this a national bill or a California thing? National. It's a federal. Okay. Federal legislation. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think your I think uh, yeah, your speculation yeah, sorry, is, is spot I, I on. Didn't, I didn't announce it like Paula does. It's HR four one four. I I think your uh, your analysis there is absolutely spot on. I mean, the the cops are going to want to know if somebody is taking their picture, and if uh, it's not a if it's not as easy to conceal the fact that you're photographing them, then that'll make it easier for them to come target you and steal your camera from you. Exactly, exactly. So I just thought I'd bring that up and let you guys uh, bounce that around if you like. So this is, this is proposed. It hasn't passed yet, correct? No, it was just introduced on the 9th of January. This sounds like it'll go through, though. I mean, because the, if, they'll, if they can couch it in the terms of the, it's for the children, it'll be a surefire uh, pass. Well, this is more of it's for the locker rooms. It's for the locker rooms. Yeah, that's oh. what uh, PC World said that... Um, they said Congress finds that children and adolescents have been exploited by photographs taken in dressing room in public places with the use of a camera phone. 
Well, now, wait a minute. In a, in a dressing room, what, is somebody sticking the phone under the dressing room door or something like that? How is that happening? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I really think it's so that when they're beating the hell out of you before they shoot you, yeah. they hear the phone making, the, you know, alerting the predator. Mm-hmm. So that then, you know, he makes sure that the phones are all shut off or confiscated. Then he executes the guy. Now, my here's my uh, my question on this is I, I didn't see that this had anything to do with video, only that it has to go, you know, has to make that kind of uh, click whir noise that yeah. uh, ancient old cameras make. <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of nonsense. D- does it have, what about video? I mean, video is far more dangerous to these uh, bureaucrats, and are they requiring that? Hmm. Doesn't sound like I don't know. I don't know. Don't give him any ideas, Mark. Thanks for the call, Dave. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Hour number three is coming up. The World War II veterans getting the short shrift. We'll tell you about it coming up. It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into hour number three of the show. You can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, the place to go for all of that stuff. All right, so uh, we said we were going to tell you about the World War II veterans that have been, well... Given the short shift by the government. Now, if you listen to what the government says, they always make a good case for supporting the troops. They're always out there pushing and saying that they're out there looking out for their own. If you've worked for the government, we've got a great pension plan and we're going to take care of you. You know, this uh, this is their, what they put out there, that, that uh, government workers are taken care of, especially the veterans, right? It's the veterans that really deserve. I mean, they're the ones that put their lives on the line for freedom. If you, if you believe that one, well, we've got another discussion to have. But if you, that's the, the common phrase is that, well, they sacrificed everything. They put it on the line, and so they deserve to be taken care of until their dying day. Well, does it always work out that way in reality? No, it it doesn't work out that way a lot. Um, and here's an, just one more example. Now, I'm, I'll admit this example doesn't cover a lot of people, but it just goes to show how chintzy the government can be. The Army has decided to cut off... Uh, this is from the, the Associated Press. The, the Army has decided to cut off retirement plan uh, pay for veterans of a largely native militia formed to guard the territory of Alaska from the threat of Japanese during World War II. The change means 26 surviving members of the Alaska Territorial Guard. 26. That's a lot of World War II vets. Well, it is, but it's not a lot of people, and they aren't going to last very long. To complain? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Most are in their 80s and long retired will lose as much as $557 per month. Per month. And okay. monthly retirement pay, a state veterans officer said Thursday. Payments are to end February the 1st. Now, wow. think, think about how much this is. This is 26 guys getting 500 bucks a month. 
that's not very much money for the, the government. scale of the feds, yeah. I mean, considering they print this crap out when they need it. Right, they've just given $300 billion here and there to banks, so that's no big deal. A but. lot of a lot of these uh, banks are you know, run by department heads who have failed to keep their heads above water. Mm-hmm. They're getting these huge retirement plans. Uh, the government's uh, backing all of their you know all, all their stuff and AIG had a you know had a big party basically paid for by taxpayers but these guys can't get $13,000 a month <laughs> uh no wait a year a month. 13,000 13 that's oh, how you much you pay over them. the 26 of them gotcha application for retirement pay wow. from 37 others have been suspended i have no idea what that means applications have been suspended so. applications for retirement pay from 37 others have been suspended are you telling Sounds me like that 37 people have applied to get payments and they've been told you're gonna have to wait they're just now applying i mean <laughs> I don't know it was 60 years ago that world war ii ended when... that, that part is confusing okay. I, I the agree. state is pursuing a remedy i'm sure i'm sure that uh that, that somebody in our listing audience knows the answer to this and if they want to call in and you know let us know then that's fine 800-259-9231 the state is pursuing a remedy for these brave alaskans who did so much for the cause of freedom during a time of great national peril said governor sarah palin the action comes almost a decade after Congress passed a law qualifying time served in unpaid guard as active federal service. The Army agreed in 2004 to grant official military discharge certificates to members of their survivors. Members I'm confused. Or their survivors, excuse me. An Army official said the law was misinterpreted. The law applies to military benefits, including military uh, medical benefits, but not to retirement pay, said Lieutenant Colonel Richard McNorton, the Ar- Army's human I'm resources. Lost. What are they saying? Who's that? It, what, can you re- recap some, that? Some for bureaucrats me? saying that, well, yes, of course, the, the you know these unpaid guards were they were active federal service, and of course they get the medical medical benefits, and of course their survivors can get a piece of paper saying they served in the military, and we'll even give them a badge, uh, a little a little honorary medal. But the money, not so much. But that doesn't require you. That's a misinterpretation of the rule. We bureaucrats, uh, the lieutenant colonel here says that he's uh, he's he's interpreting it that is that that's not the case. So basically, let me see if I'm understanding you here. You're saying that the bureaucrats are saying, "Hey, we made a mistake. We've been paying you guys for too long. Uh, we weren't supposed to be paying you." Well, no, they were they, in 2004. They were instated as basically um, the, the World War II vets. The World War II vets. In in 2004, the action came across after a decade of um, a decade after Congress passed a law qualifying time served in unpaid guards in in the unpaid guard as active federal service. That's so what I were, don't understand. What they does that were mean? active federal service. The time that they spent yes. in that guard was in fact active federal service in World War II. In World War II. Yes. Yes. Got it. Okay. Great. And what does that mean? That means that they, according to the the army who has been paying them, um, that that does not qualify them as pay, you know, uh, you know, retirement pay. It only qualifies them for medical benefits, a badge, and a piece of paper. So they're saying that because you are in, I should the, say, a medal, not a badge. Because you are active in the guard in World War II, you you don't get retirement pay. Well, but they've been getting retirement pay, but now they're saying we misinterpreted that, and so right. now you don't get we it anymore. We misinterpreted active federal service to mean active federal service. And, in fact, active federal service does not mean active federal service. It means something else, so we're not going to give you retirement. 
I'm surprised they're not raiding their bank account trying to take back what they've already given them. <laughs> now, that's the E and I remember. I can't believe you couldn't get that. The focus is to follow the law, he said. We can't choose to whether Dude, it's confusing. It sounds bureaucrat. Sounds very, it's very, it sounds very confusing right. to me. That's These all. are bureaucrats. They make up rules as they go. Right. And if they, do, if they do the wrong thing, they don't get punished for it. We know that. Yeah. It's, it's standard issue. It could, be the same, it could be the same story over and over again. I was just trying to understand the excuse. Understood. That's all. About 300 members are still living from the original 6,600 member unit called up from 1942 to 47 to, sc- uh, to scout patrols, build military airstrips, and perform other duties. But only a fraction had enough other military service to reach the 20-year requirement for retirement pay. Hmm. Among those who did is 88-year-old Paul Kunya in the western Alaskan village of Kipnuk. Um, Kenya was 16 when he joined the Territorial Guard and uh, worked in communications, reporting by radio any unusual noises or the direction of aircraft, including some Japanese planes he spotted. We did not get one cent being in the Territorial Guard, he says, we worked, and we worked hard. Kenya, wow. um, who later put in 22 years in the National Guard and another decade in the Guard Reserves, will lose more than $358 a month in his retirement package mm. because of the Army's decision. With gasoline in his village at almost $10 a gallon. Whoa. <laughs> That's a huge amount to lose. I don't know why they try, um, they're try. they trying to cut the pay. It's not good for us right now, he said in a phone interview. Because they don't right. care about you. That's uh, why. They don't care. He says it's, uh, the, the bureaucrat says it's about the law. Oh, of course, it's about the law and <laughs> their interpretation of the law that, in, in this case, is going to uh, to put these poor poor old guys in a a bad way. Because you know the reality is these people who are getting the checks from the federal government, whether they be World War II veterans or whether they be Social Security recipients or whoever it is we're talking about that gets checks on a regular basis from the government, they believe that they're going to continue. I mean, it seems like a, a, a sensible thing for them to believe. <laughs> Checks coming every month. You believe you're going to keep getting that check every month, right? So, like most most people, they spend probably likely to their income, and uh, and they it's they retirement. Budget. I mean, you, retirement, yeah. you're supposed to spend all your t- retirement and be right. spending into your savings, essentially. And so they budget themselves on a monthly basis, expecting to get a certain amount in, and then all of a sudden, the government just pulls it all out right out from under them. Uh, what You were getting this money in. You expect that money to come to the day you die, and now it's not there. You're 83 years old. What do you do? What do you do? 800-259-9231. Look, I'm not saying I support government Eat welfare. Dog f- food? I mean, what else can you do? But I'm pointing out here to it's those not, of you this who... This isn't government welfare. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, it's, it's a government retirement. retirement program, and it's really usually government retirement programs are much more lavish than anything in the corporate world. Certainly understood. But uh, what I want to point out to you is, if you think the government is going to be there for you, maybe you're brand new to the show or something like that, take this lesson very seriously. These folks are willing to screw over World War II veterans. <laughs> They'll leave children out in the street if it will help their bureaucracy. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. 
And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. The features include the bulletin board system with over 400,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, serious issues to fun stuff. you find it all free over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. So the government should not be trusted at any moment. Uh, we just gave you the story about the World War II veterans. They're leaving out in the cold in Alaska, pulling their monthly payments that they were receiving. And they're just basically saying, well, uh, we uh, misinterpreted the laws here, and uh, you guys are just SOL. You're not going to get your payments anymore. See you later. Bye-bye. So they're leaving these 80 octogenarian, uh, these 80-year-old men yeah. out in the cold uh, with no three, four hundred, $500 a month checks anymore coming in. Now, what are those guys going to do? That's what I'd like to know. Now, I'm, and now, this is a tragic story, but it's not the only one that's like this. Uh, whether it's whether it's the uh, the guys that are that are not getting their money from World War II, or whether it's the people that expected to get uh, money for their television transition that we talked about earlier, or whether you expect something from the government, like the the folks out in California, we mentioned this, I think it was last week, where California's government is telling people. Oh, you thought you were going to get a refund check from us this year? Well, you're going to have to wait an extra month or so because, well, we just don't have any money. So my my most important message here is beyond the question of what will these people do, the question for you should be, do you trust the state to come through on its promises? Right. Understand the government has bad credit. Yeah. Do not trust them. And I know most of our listeners get this, but if you're brand new to this show, if they tell you they're going to do something and you think, well, they're the government and they can just tax people and we can get it, it's no problem. They'll, they'll, they'll pay me my, uh, my uh, welfare check or my, uh, my Social Security. They'll take care of it. They're the government. They can always print it out. They have no obligation whatsoever to do anything for you. It doesn't matter if you've signed an application. It doesn't matter if you think that you're under some sort of an agreement with them. It doesn't matter what the bureaucrats that answer the phone say. What matters is whether or not that check comes in the next month. And in some people's case, it doesn't. Yeah, it may not. When they expected it to. So my advice is do not ever, ever build your life around any expectation of getting anything from the federal, local, or state governments. Don't live life that way. You need to, uh, to be self-sufficient. You need to rely on you and your friends and your family, and that's it. Your clients, your business, whatever it is you do, whatever it is you can count on, you achieving for yourself. Budget no more than that in your life. Because if you start counting on the state, they may send you the checks for a while. But then when they all of a sudden decide to change the rules or misinterpret the laws or reinterpret the laws in a different way, you could be the one that's left out in the cold. I agree with that, that the government can't be trusted. However, I also sort of think that you you can't count on that next paycheck. You can't count on that next anything. I agree with you that. Know, like when, when you make an agreement with someone, you know, it's as good as, well, you know, an agreement. 
Sometimes True. agreements fall uh, fall through. You should have a certain amount in savings. You should I be agree. prepared for these kind of things. I understand that it's it's not always easy. It's, it's it's not always possible. I didn't want to make it sound like I was suggesting anybody live paycheck to paycheck either. That's a bad idea. You definitely should have savings. You need to have money uh, in the in the bank or in in a safe somewhere or whatever for a rainy day in the occurrence that you happen to get fired. But at least if you get fired, Mark, you can go find another job and you can you know work. You can still count on you to do something. I'm saying you can't count on them. Even if they've made you a promise, you cannot count on it. The people in California that aren't getting income tax refunds this coming month or whatever, you know how many people are counting on income tax refunds? A lot. But people, the, the fact is Americans don't live financially responsibly. They spend too much they spend more than what they have. I mean, it's, it's bad enough to live paycheck to paycheck. It's worse to live like most Americans do, and that is spending more than what they get on their paycheck. That's and what happened in 2005. Americans spent more money than they made. Yep. And so that's even worse. So you need to get away from those habits because being in those habits makes you reliant on things like an income tax refund. My tenants are one example. My tenants owe me about $1,200 right now. And coming up in another week, they're going to owe me another $900. They're way behind in the rent. But I can't kick anybody out in the middle of winter uh, because, well, it's illegal in the state of New Hampshire, apparently. It's hard as a, as a landlord to decide when that uh, time to start uh, you know, the old eviction proceedings is anyway. They're good people. They're trying. They're, nice, and, they're yeah. nice people. Well, they're trying, but the fact is they're also not trying hard enough because they're still partying on the weekends and still buying alcohol and you know that sort of thing and that's what can i do about that right i can't go over there and micromanage their lives but the reason i bring them up is because what's their solution to their rent problem what's their solution mark it, the refund the refund yeah the income tax refund which actually isn't really a refund it's a welfare payment because they've got a kid and so they go for the earned income tax thing so i mean she works as a waitress so there's no way that she'd get four thousand uh, dollars income tax return which is what she got last year it's because of the uh, the welfare the earned income tax credit and then the you know money for the kid basically so yeah, that's what it is so it's probably going to come through because it's the federal government and they can print out the money but my point is, they are relying on that. If that income tax check doesn't come through, they will be evicted. So they're relying on the government payment in order to continue on in their lifestyle in the current manner that they are. In the same way that many people in California are likely relying on that California income tax check so they can pay a month's rent. Or so they can you know, keep their kid going to karate class or whatever it is their lifestyle is entailing. People depend on this stuff. But the fact is when you depend on the state, inevitably you will be let down. So just beware. They will disappoint you at some point. If they'll do it to World War II veterans, they'll do it to you. Don't doubt it. We continue with your calls. David in Wales, you're on, or Daniel rather, in Wales, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Daniel. You are on the air going once. Daniel in Wales. Going twice. All right. First, uh, for, for first uh, person coming, calling in from Wales that we've had, right? Isn't that the UK? Well, it's part of the UK. Okay. <laughs> Usually oh. if they say the UK, they're calling in. <laughs> the Welsh, fiercely nationalistic. They would make it clear. Yes. Okay. Scott, Scottish, you know, the Scotch would say, we're calling from, calling from Scotland, Ireland, Irish say they would say they're calling from Ireland, English say they're calling from the UK. So 800-259-9231, that is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Maybe you want to share a story where the government made a promise to a group of people and then, and then just broke it. Yeah, that's what they do. They break promises. 
<laughs> I mean, does anybody really think Social Security is still going to be there when they get old? I mean, if you're in the younger generation, do you really think Social Security is still going to be there when you get that old? <laughs> if the federal government is still around, that's going to be – I mean, that's really the question. Who even thinks the feds are going to make it that long? I don't I know. hope not. I really hope not. So don't expect anything out of them. You can only count on yourself. And it's nice to be able to count on the people close to you. You can count on them a little more than the federal government. But you can only really count on number one. And if you aren't set up enough with savings... You know, you can't always count on number one either. Number one can let you down with... I mean, it's your body. You could get hurt, You can get hurt. You can get, you know, bad health... The best thing to do, save some of your money every single paycheck, whether it's 10% or... Minimum 10%. You know, there's other tricks for saving money. Save money. one 259 If you've got tricks or tips on saving money, you're welcome to share those with us or bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live, the toll-free number for you to bring up anything that you want. It's 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features that we give away on the website. So enjoy those, including archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site. Going back for an entire year, totally free. At freetalklive.com. We go to your phone calls. We're going to try Wales one more time. Daniel, are you there? Hello, man. Hello, you're on the air. No, man. That's bad. <laughs> Go ahead. I, it's yeah, really kind of hard to understand you. Go ahead. Sorry about that. I, I'll try and talk more clearly. Can you understand me now? Yes, sir. Uh, um, yeah, my brother, Sean, called in a while ago. Okay. Uh, I just wanted to call in and say I think he made me listen to the radio show, see, and I think you guys are doing an awesome job. Well, you thank know. you. Did you have anything else? Uh, did you have anything uh, issues-wise you wanted to talk about? Yeah, um, I've been listening to your show, and you've been talking a lot about the government recently, uh, the American government. Yes, yeah, sir. that's pretty much what we do. And um, you know, I just wanted to say I'm 100% behind you. You know, to be honest, the American government to me, I just they're doing everything wrong. You know. Well, how do you feel about the uh, the UK government? I mean, they're kind of doing things. How do you like them too, cameras? Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all the CCTV cameras. The cameras are awesome. <laughs> really? You think I, so? Um, are you being facetious yeah. or serious? Serious. Why do you say that? I'm Daniel? a very nice guy. <laughs> You're a nice guy. Thanks for the call. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we continue here, you can bring up anything, even uh, inanities. Uh, so, Mark, tell me about the comic book arrest. Um, the comic book legal defense fund. This is at uh, cbldf.org. On a special is has been signed on as a special consultant to the defense of Christopher Handley, an Ohio uh, Iowa excuse me collector who faces up to twenty years in prison for possession of manga. 
The fund adds its First Amendment expertise to the case managed by United United Defense Group's Eric Chase and will also be providing monetary support towards obtaining expert witnesses. Hadley, 38, faces penalties under the Protect Protect Act. This is uh, whatever, for allegedly possessing manga that the government claims to be obscene. This is the U.S. government? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's on, that's where Iowa is. Gotcha. The United States. The government alleges that the material includes drawings that they claim to appear to be depictions of minors engaging in sexual conduct. Uh-oh. No photographic content is at issue in Hadley's case. Now, didn't we mention this, that, that Mango uh, it's specifically would be a problem at some point as far as child porn uh, rulings would go? Yeah, well, we knew that, uh, I mean, there was a recent story where Simpsons characters got somebody in trouble for child porn. Yeah. So Bart and Lisa apparently were fooling around. Cartoon characters. Yeah. Not not even realistic, like, human-looking. Right. They've got three fingers. Four? Three or four fingers, I think. Well, it depends on whether you count a thumb as a finger or not. They have three, I think, then. Hadley's case is deeply troubling because the government is prosecuting a private collector for possession of art, said the uh, oh, CBLDF executive and director, it, Charles it, Brownstein. They're prosecuting him for child porn charges? Yes. Wow. Well, if it's for obscenity under the uh, Protect Act, mm. whatever that is. In the past, CBDLF has uh, had to defend the First Amendment rights of retailers, artists, but never before have we experienced the federal government attempting to strip a citizen of his freedom because he owned comic books. Oh, well, they better get used to it because this will uh, be a first time, but there will be more. They say that they'll bring their best, uh, you know, they'll bring their uh, best defenses to bear. Mr. Good. Hadley's I hope case they do. began um, in May of 2006 when he received an express mail package from Japan that contained several Japanese comic books. That package was intercepted by postal inspectors who applied for a search warrant after determining that the package contained cartoon images of objectionable content, unaware mm. that his material, materials were searched. Hadley drove away from the post office and was followed by various law enforcement officers who pulled him uh, over uh, and uh, followed him to me. his home. Excuse me, sir. I'm going to have to confiscate this. Uh, this looks a little objectionable. We'll need to uh, be studying this very detailed. Mm. So once they got to his house, the agents from the Postal Inspector's Office, Immigration, Customs Enforcement Agency, special agents from the Iowa Division of Criminal Investigation, and officers from the Glenwood Police Department, just to make it all legal, seized Hadley's collection of over 1,200 manga books and or publications and Mm. hundreds of DVDs, VHS tapes, laser discs, city computers, and other documents. Those Hadley's collection was (laughs) comprised of hundreds of comics covering a wide spectrum of manga. The government is processing Prosecuting images appearing in a small handful of them. Yeah. Sometimes they hump in these books. I, be- that, I believe that term is hentai. I don't even. Hent- I think it is hentai. Yeah. And in many cases, uh, th- there is there are young girls pre- uh, de- depicted. Right. And you know they, they the Japanese like their schoolgirl look. That doesn't mean yeah. that the char- I mean how old the, it's a cartoon character and and a lot of times they have really big memory glands sometimes maybe not maybe but and, and sometimes they're being uh they're having sex with demons yes. and uh tentacle and porn tentacles and <laughs> things like that like weird stuff. so it's really yeah it's really just a bizarre world uh some people are really into it and it, it, this is such a the the realm of thought crime mark it's so clear that they are prosecuting people and destroying people's lives because they think differently than the establishment this guy is into this kind of uh, this particular brand of comics, which in some cases are pornographic, and in some cases involve people under the age of eighteen, or at least depictions of uh, cartoon depictions of people under the age of eighteen. But so what? 
Why is, that, why is that a crime? Right. Who was, who was harmed? Where was the child? Hadley now faces charges under the uh, surviving sections of 1466A, which will require a jury to determine whether the drawings at issue are legally obscene. The materials cannot be deemed obscene unless it meets all three of the criteria of the Miller Test for Obscenity. Okay. A. Whether the average person applying contemporary community standards would find that the work taken as a whole appeals to the prurient Current interest. interests. Mm-hmm. So, community standards. But remember, the, community. Judge, the judges of America have been known to say things like, well, I know pornography when I see it. Yes. So really, that's going to be the standard. What I, the honestly, thinks. I know pornography when I see it, too. However, um, I don't see why it has to be you know, obscene. Obscene? I mean, isn't every pornographic magazine obscene? Apparently some are more obscene than others. Whether the work depicts or describes in a uh, patently offensive way sexual conduct specifically defined by the applicable state law, and C, whether the work taken as a whole lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Why don't they just go right ahead and ban tentacle porn? Just straight (laughs) out. Have a national ban on tentacle porn. (laughs) Why? I just don't know what these people are doing. What's the third uh, third criteria? Third, third was whether the work depicts uh, or describes in a patently offensive way sexual conduct specifically defined by the apl- applicable state law, and whether the, that's and then C whether the work taken as a whole lacks a serious literary, artistic, yeah. political, or scientific value. Right. So it's all up to the judge, right? The judge can just say, "Oh, that's not serious art. That's not it's up real to the art." Jury, really. That's not re- well, of course. I mean, what, the people they put on the juries in this country are not the best and the brightest. They're not people that are real stalwarts on, you know, freedom. So yeah. I don't expect too much out of I, them. I I don't. I mean, I I don't I just don't hold in, in the jury pool, this guy's going to jail. It's sort of set up so that you get vanilla. You get the average mediocre yeah. person, and I just don't trust That's the wrong. average mediocre Tentacles. person to uh, to decide being... whether or not my you know I have the freedom to own Japanese manga. I don't think that you should have uh, pornography, let alone porn with uh, tentacles in and it. This you're making is a obscene. very good point here, although um, you know you're making fun of little old ladies. But these are the people that have the time to sit on. Yeah. Juries. I personally have dodged jury duty back in mm-hmm. you know it's been it's been in more than a decade, but I did it, and it's because I I had I was working at a commission job, and I you know I just didn't want to go to jury duty and then take the hit and pay. We need to send a message to the youth of America that this four chan nonsense will not be tolerated. That's right. <laughs> Because you want to go see some of this stuff? Go to 4chan. There, it's all over the place. It's called, I think they call it Loli, L-O-L-I, Loli porn or something like that. It's essentially Japanese manga uh, pictures, depictions of children having sexual uh, actions, uh, intercourse and tentacles and things like that. And it's there's no victim, so there's no crime, even if you disagree with it. More coming up. Your thoughts. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it now, 800-259-9231. We'll sneak you in here. 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by our friends at SACL CAI. And it's Ian here with you tonight. And Mark. And uh, join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, so enjoy those. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote 
Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com and see a whole list of things you can do to help get this show into more ears. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Uh, we got some calls, Mark, but a few more thoughts on this story, from, or we're done with it. Uh, well, that, yeah, there's no, there's no more uh, verbiage. The, uh, the, the, the story, of course, was that a, a guy is being charged with federal child pornography charges because he ordered some manga comics from Japan. And had possession of it. He had he had a great deal. Like you know, likely this is one of the you know guys out there that really gets into this manga oh, yeah. stuff. But apparently, it's only a limited amount of books that they're actually calling pornographic. So maybe, just maybe, he doesn't even have some of the wretched, crazy stuff that's out there. Maybe, maybe he doesn't have any tentacle porn. Uh, so look for more of this in the future. We've seen stories about people being charged for Simpsons porn. Uh, now there's this story with the the manga guy getting charged, and you will see more of this over time because, well, well, unless because unless, they can. unless Obama decides to put a stop to it, doesn't seem likely that that's going to happen. Well, I guess time will tell. All right, we continue with your phone calls, and we talk to Demetrius in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Demetrius. Hi. Yeah, I don't think Comrade Obama is going to put a stop to any of the sexy, sexy prawns in the manga, you know. Yeah, not likely. <laughs> um, anyway, well, I meant, I meant put a stop to the enforcement, but uh, that's not likely. <laughs> yeah, I doubt it. Manga can be anything. You know, it doesn't It doesn't always have boobs. Sometimes it could be about a guy driving to work in the morning. Isn't the hentai be, the uh, the porn stuff? Yeah, yeah, hentai can be porn. Got it. But uh, actually, you know, manga can be raunchier than, you know, uh, American comics. Mm-hmm. But I bet you they're just jealous of the Japanese artists who are way better than they are or something. I don't know. Well, I but think anyway. That, I think American comic art has, uh, you know, it, it has some really great artists out there. But yeah, it, it sure doesn't does. really matter to me one way or the other. Uh, you know, what? it's culturally different. If people like the manga, that's fine. Apparently it's not fine, Mark. People are going to jail. No, it's not fine at all. <laughs> are they? You know what? Here's but, what I want to know. Uh, are they going to invade Japan over this? I mean, if it's so bad, well, it they a, could. A, a I stop mean, isn't, must isn't be Japan's military, our military. What was your? What did you say? Isn't Japan's military basically us? The, well, maybe. Them? I mean, we certainly. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the bases in Japan have been shut down. That's for sure. They have sort of a national guard thing. So, what were you calling about tonight? Um, I just wanted to bring up a story from 2006. Uh, I heard about it a little, uh, not too long ago, and it was really probably one of the weirdest cop stories I've ever heard, probably not for you, but um, there was a guy, he was riding a motorcycle. His name was James Carncross, and this was in Syracuse, New York. And uh, I guess he was just going for a joyride or something, and uh, a cop sees him speeding. Maybe he was going like 55 and a 54 or something. And the cop begins to pursue him in like a really slow SUV. And uh, the guy in the motorcycle never even saw the officer. Mm-hmm. And the officer winds up uh, plowing into a tree and dies. And uh, the... Uh, individual on the motorcycle winds up getting charged for homicide right. and sentenced to jail for eight years. Wow. As though the officer had to, uh, you know, to chase. To, to chase the guy. There's no other way, Mark. You have to do it. Apparently, he no could. Apparently, he already had his uh, driver's, uh, you know, his license plate. He just could have sent them a ticket if he felt like yeah, it. Yeah, he could have gone to his house. It's or good something. enough for the, uh, the the speed cameras. Why isn't it good enough for this guy? Because they they love uh, the adrenaline. He wants to chase somebody right. down. He wants to get you know. That's they exciting. love that crap. Yep. 
Well, I mean, do I don't mean? know if he even, I don't even think the guy in the motorcycle saw him. And uh, I don't think the officer did have his license probably because he was going so fast and he was on a really slow SUV. Mm-hmm. How'd they catch him? But how is he responsible for this guy's death? I don't... It's He's not, but they'll do whatever they can How'd they catch people. the guy if they didn't have his plate? He turned himself in. He was... Uh, oh. I believe when he crossed an intersection or something, he saw an officer there and he was thinking, oh no, this guy's going to maybe chase me. But he never saw anybody chasing him probably because he was going so fast. Later on the news, they were talking about this state trooper that died. The guy felt bad, turned himself in, and hoping for some leniency, I guess. So forget about that. Damn. Thanks for the story uh, tonight. Oh, yes, go ahead. Oh, really quick. uh, I think January 15th this year, uh, they're bringing it to appeals court now to try and uh, reverse this ruling for the eight years. He's been in jail for two so far. Well, good luck to him. Good luck, yeah. Thanks for the call tonight, dude. I appreciate the story and uh, just another sad example of how they are better than we are. They have a... The, the government right. people exist in an Cops upper echelon. Cops plow into and kill people um, during these chases all the time, and they don't get homicide charges. No. No, if they're chasing you in the, the line of duty, then anything goes. Destroy all the property you want to. Right. Just kill people, too. No right, problem. Right. Well, I mean, even innocent bystanders. Yeah. The cops don't go to jail Just for pl- homicide. Plow into a little child. There was a story. Remember the story? There was a, uh, a little kid, like a four-year-old boy on the side of the road. Uh, I don't remember where it happened. Could be your next, you know, town next to you. Uh, and a cop was speeding down the road for whatever reason. You know, they it was a very good reason once he killed the little boy. <laughs> Yeah. It was a very, very good reason. Yeah, and essentially, I mean, it wasn't just because he could turn the lights on and go boop, boop, wee. Yeah. Essentially, it was, he, you know, swung a, made the turn, missed uh, his mark, and slammed right into this kid, killing him instantly. No charges. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. You know, real, back on, the, on my point briefly, and we'll continue with the calls uh, about the Japan thing. If it's so bad, these these products, these uh, manga, the hentai with the nudity and the tentacles and the... Right, the, if they're doing such terrible things over there in Japan... Shouldn't there be an invasion? Shouldn't we? Uh, shouldn't the U.S. military b- just... I've never been able to load get this... Up and, I, I agree with the point. I just... You know, if they're doing such terrible things and this kind of... Obviously, they're exploiting children, right? Yeah. But, the, I mean, this must be stopped. Why... That, that if, if it's good enough to incarcerate our citizens over, it should be good enough to fight a war, war. over. That's right. Put a stop to the source. But people don't good, get it. I use this example with some, uh, well, you know, some Christian nut job. Um, I shouldn't say Christian. Some Pharisee nut job who mm-hmm. called in who wanted to enforce, you know, the, her morality on other people regarding the uh, the, the LDS, the FLDS yeah. cult in... Uh, in in Texas, well, I said, well, you know, they they marry younger people in plenty of other countries, including Mexico, New yeah. Guinea. You know, I, you you name the country, you can get married at thirteen or fourteen. Should we invade those places? I mean, Mexico is just across the border. She's like, no, no, let them deal with their problems. Uh huh. So the geographic region that you're so you're only concerned about depravity within your own geographic region, and it's the de- geographic re- region that she picked because these people yeah. do they do wall themselves off mm-hmm. literally right. from the rest of us so that they'll leave us so that we'll leave them alone. They're not picking on your kids. In it the doesn't street, work, sure. but uh, you know they do it. Let's continue with your calls about what you want, Seth in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Seth. Hey, you guys, I'm calling in to uh, disagree with some of the things you said on Saturday's show. 
Okay. Um, uh, remember, Mark specifically, we're, you were talking about um, pedophiles and whether they should be given a chance to reform their life or whether they should be behind bars for life or put to death. Okay. Yes. And Mark, you asked a caller if um, it would make a difference if a child rapist could be reformed. You asked it as a hypothetical. And I just, I um, was kind of surprised at the the way you guys looked at it because um, I don't think it makes a dime's worth of difference whether or not they're able to be reformed. Um, I think you're asking the wrong question because I view the purpose of punishment in an individualistic way where um, the idea that pun- the purpose of punishment is to defend the honor or the authority of the individual that was hurt, the victim. Um, so, so that that the failure to punish doesn't cause degradation to the victim's honor. And that's what I view. So I basically view punishment in a compensatory, not retaliatory way in that way. So I I don't understand what difference it makes, what decisions the uh, pedophile would make later on in life. Do you Uh, think a pedophile deserves life in prison? uh, I think... uh, Child child rapist? Every child rapist? uh, Well, I mean, we, we... First, I mean, I'd like to just say what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, um, someone who's a day under the uh, age of consent or something. I'm talking about actual pedophiles who are uh, with prepubescent children. Um, and I, I see some of these cases um, with some of the work I do, and uh, they are beyond ghastly. I mean, oftentimes the, the girls, I don't want to get too graphic on the radio, but oftentimes the girls have internal damage that, that pierces their vaginal wall so that they're anus and vagina are no longer uh, separated. So, um, no, I, I think life imprisonment is is definitely just, if not more. Okay, great. So that's, um, now, now you're talking no time. about, we're out of time? Yeah, we got 20 seconds. All right, man. You know, what about lewd and lascivious acts? You want a man to go to prison for, uh, you know, showing his ding-dong to a group of little girls? <laughs> right. Call tomorrow night, Seth. We'll talk to you about it then. Online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.